It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Fisher Nahida. And I'm DeFi250. And this is PvP Corner, the PvP podcast that abandoned their dates for this recording. DeFi, how are you doing? I am doing well, and I am not abandoning my date for this recording because it is Tuesday, February 13th. However, tomorrow on Valentine's Day, we have enamorous raids, and we will be <laughs> talking about that very shortly. Uh, but before that, uh, yeah, I had a pretty good week and a good weekend. What did I do this weekend? <laughs> I, I, I am relax. always like that where so, yeah, someone asked me like, how was your week or how was your weekend? I'm like, wait, how was my weekend? Because <laughs> I don't think I did anything and that's kind of the glory of it. I, I didn't do a whole lot. That's, I yeah, hung that's out pretty at special. Home. I hung in out D5's week. It is. I there was Decidueye raids on Sunday. Mm-hmm. I did that, mm-hmm. and I got a shiny. It took me forever to get a shiny, and that was like twenty four. Wow, <laughs> it was well, r- really gross. Is it what's what's the shiny rate for these raid days normally? Is it like it's the same as 20. the legendary? It's one in twenty. Okay, so like slightly above what it should have been. Mm-hmm. But it still felt gross. It still feels real gross, doesn't it? It does. Uh, one fun thing is that I paid. This is not fun. This is why um, this week, beginning on Monday, was not great. I had to pay my hospital visit. Because right before the Charlotte Regional, I was in the ER. I had a really bad stomach bug, and it happened kind of in the middle of the night, and I, I didn't know what to do, so we went to the ER because the walk-in wasn't open. Would you like to guess in a USD, American dollars, for an ER visit? Now, note, I didn't have any scans. No scans. It was just just for the ER visit and some medicine. This is a conversation that comes up with uh, with myself and Americans quite a lot because I'm, I'm lucky enough uh, to live in this wonderful country of Australia where it wouldn't have cost me anything. I couldn't even picture how much. I'm, I'm going to take a wild guess. Um, going to go $200. <laughs> uh, really? <laughs> like I thought 200 might be overshooting it. Really? Again, just for the ER visit, I'm gonna I'm gonna pause here because I'm gonna sign in and I'm gonna bring up like the bill. So, Fish, are you ready? Certainly not two hundred dollars. Would are you ready to hear what I paid in total? I don't think I am ready, but hit me. One thousand eight hundred dollars, and that is after insurance. Oh. Insurance in oh. U.S. dollars. So let's take eighteen hundred dollars. 
and put that in Aussie money. It, it's like 3000 for me. Yep, 2700 Australian dollars. Yeah, that's that's incredible. Just to just to go in and just like find out what the issue might be and like did you ever get an answer for that? Yeah, like I mean more or less it was either Okay, you found out what the what was causing the issue. Cuz it was likely not food poisoning. Mm-hmm. Um it was probably there's a stu- there was a stomach bug going around at the time. I took some really powerful like anti-nausea kind of medication. Mm. They had to put an IV in me for a little bit, but that IV did like was just pretty much saline <laughs> solution yeah. just to get me rehydrated and yeah. a little bit of medication, but yeah. 1800 US. Wow. So I actually had a similar experience um uh where where I went to an ED with just mystery stomach pain and so they gave me a couple of, you know, painkillers. They took a a sample of blood. They took a urine sample, eventually came back and said, look, uh, can't find the issue. (laughs) Um, We don't know what's wrong. Uh, You say the pain has subsided, so I guess nothing else we can do now. Uh, Get on your way. If it happens again, just uh, consult your GP. Have a nice night. (laughs) Um, So, like, I went in, didn't get any answers. The pain just subsided on its own after a few hours. And like I'm, imagine if I had to pay three thousand dollars for that. <laughs> like that's that's uh, more than more than like a couple of weeks' pay for me. Yep. Oh man. Yep. I'm so sorry to hear that. Yep. They took some blood. They did do a blood sample. Okay. Yep. But yeah, still that yeah doesn't <laughs> that alone doesn't account for eighteen hundred bucks. Nope. America. Well, yeah, um, <laughs> sorry that's... to get political on the podcast first thing. Like, that's usually like a an hour in kind of conversation. But no, we're just hitting you with it. The hard-hitting topics straight off the bat. Yeah, it's just, it just discourages you. Like, it just really stinks. Like, if something hits you in the middle of the night, because the walk-in's not nearly that expensive. Mm-hmm. But if you have a big enough problem, the walk-in's going to send you to the ER. Mm-hmm. But I, w- I maybe could have done the walk-in. It just it happened to be after the walk-in had closed. Yeah. And what was your waiting time like when you? Oh, I got did... it immediately. Okay, that's good. Um, because like the I guess that's an that might be an advantage with the American system is that like in Australia because it's all free, you get some people that go into the ED when they probably shouldn't. So, like, they they break a nail <laughs> and they're like, emergency. So, like, that can really blow out wait times there. Like, I've, I've uh, heard of people having to sit in, the, uh, in just the waiting room to be taken in for hours. So, yeah, really interesting story. I am sorry that happened to you. I know I try to keep it positive, but I'm like, oh, I was looking back at my calendar and, like, what I all did, and I'm like... Let's play, you know, how much does this cost? (laughs) I love that game. All right. Uh, What happened in a a PvP sense this week? I had a great week in PvP. Okay. So in the Go Battle League, here's a guess my current ELO. I'm not legend, but guess my current ELO. Last week, I was not even expert. Okay, so you... I I was at the veteran rank last week. So you are expert now? Yes. I'm going to go 2907. 
2934. Hey, wow. Look at you. Back-to-back seasons, potentially. 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 We're not there yet, and I want to get there in the next couple of days for reasons I'm going to explain. However, (laughs) I'm struggling a little bit. So my team is from Blob, Coach Blob, in the uh, Beginner to Winner PvP podcast server. I'm running Steel Wing, Togetic, Hakamolo, and Vigoroth, which is a great team. Phenomenal team. Oh, I, I love it. I don't think he created that team. Well, he shared it with me. Okay, okay right, right. Yeah, because I've seen it so many times. He shared it with me like day one of the cup. So mm-hmm, I said, mm-hmm. okay. That's, it's a good team. Um, it's a good team, and he's the one who shared it with me and told me a little bit about how to play it. My team definitely beats it. Which is why I'm glad that it's been seen so many times. Well, most of, I can beat most things. Like, I've had yep. mostly positive sets. However, right at this rank, there are people who are leading Matang. And that, like, I can't be, I, I, can, I should just top left when I see a Matang. There's no, yeah. I have nothing that wins. Nothing. Everything gets eaten by Matang, which is very yeah, frustrating. But yeah. thankfully, not a lot of people are running it. I'm also seeing some Chansey, but not too many. I'm just worried as this week is going to wear on that I'm going to see more Chansey. And I kind of want to try to push over the edge before Evolution Cup finishes. Because I will not be playing the week of February 16th to the 23rd because it's Catch Cup. And I'm nervous to play the last week because I'm afraid it's just going to be a lot of like Bastiodon hard counter stuff. So I'd rather try to get there this week. So wish me luck. How about you, Fish? So my go battle day was uh, interesting. I ran a team of Shadow Dusclops, Vigoroth and Hakamo backline. And basically the aim of the game for me was get your Vigoroth in first. Because like if you get your Vigoroth in with a bit of energy lead, then like it can beat pretty much anything in the meta. Um, and having Dusclops in the lead meant that you wouldn't ever get people switching in their own Vigoroth as like a safe switch into that. So it would ensure that I get my Vigoroth in before they do. I gained about 280 points that day, and I didn't even do all 20 of my sets. And it was funny because I was emceeing a wedding that night, and like there's, there's a fair bit of downtime between like introducing like running the formalities of the night. So like I would go into like the back room of the venue and and be playing my sets, just like keeping an ear out for, or like keeping an eye on my watch to, to see when I'm needed next. But I was cramming as many sets in as I could. And yeah, uh, 280 points. Uh, Unfortunately, like two days later, I'm hit a mysterious wall. Like I got a one, four, then a, then a four, one, but then another one, four, and then an Oh five. And so I'm like, oh, man, I need to change this up. So now I'm running Charger Bug in the lead, and I'm starting to regain those points that I lost again. Sounds like we both had some positive experiences. I'm, I'm just so glad. I am really hoping I get there this week. <laughs> I got a couple days. You got this. We'll see. I. <laughs> it's frustrating because like I know I can be there because the past two days I've been in the 2900s, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I just can't quite push. You're just getting like two threes and three twos. Yeah. Yeah. Like what was today's record? I wrote it down. Um, I started at 29.23 and then it was 
So yeah. I was plus 11. <laughs> and again, two of those losses were Matang, which I yeah. can't do anything about. That it's is like pretty the gross. Major, it's such a gross Pokemon to run. Ha! It's very RPS. It's it's like uh, it's like running Togekiss in Master League. Like it's gonna win hard or lose hard. Mm-hmm. Oh well, I mean, I I don't know how true that is, but so three of the things that it does beat quite hard are Togetic, uh, Vigoroth, and, and Hakamo. So like, yeah, yes. I can understand that. Like, you <laughs> you'd see that and go, whoop. But it loses pretty hard to like Dustclops, Charge a Bug. Yes. Vigoroth, it can be close with the counter damage, but, like, it rocks Togetic <laughs> with Metal Claw. It is so bad. Yeah. But how bulky is it? It's, uh, let me yeah. see. My brain. I know what number I'm looking for. I'm looking for its stats. Uh, 2043. Oh, so that's pretty bulky as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, Crocolore would be a, a good counter to it. Yep. Crocolore is tough for my team. Like, it's not unbeatable. But it is but, tough. I get that. However, like, I just, I always feel like Disarming Voice isn't going to be that bad because it's not that strong of a move. And it's not same type attack bonus. Mm. But you can't, like, Hakamolo can't really tank it. No, not at all. Double weak so, to it. Mm-hmm. And the. With an energy lead, Crocolore is dead. Well, like, with an energy lead, any incinerator is deadly because, like, it's only... It's getting to those second and third charge moves in 10 turns apiece. Like, the first one takes 15 turns, which is reasonably long in Great League, but, yeah, then 10 and 10, like, it really puts the pressure on. All right, so that's our experiences with Evolution Cup. That means we are going to look ahead to the last two weeks of the season. And as mentioned, the next meta is the Little Catch Cup and the Great League Catch Cup. After that, from February 23rd to March 1st, we have all three Open Leagues. Are you going to attempt Open Great League or Open Ultra League? If I don't have to, I won't. We'll see, though. We'll see where I'm at. If I hit Legend and I can just run something, like, really fun in the end, then sure. But mm-hmm. if I haven't hit Legend yet and I actually have to try, that's less fun for me. We shall see. Open Great League, if you take a look at the PV Poke rankings, it's still a lot of, like, Lickitung's number one, Cresselia, Shadow Gligar, Registeel. You got Shadow and Regular Swampert, Carbank, Skarmory. Lantern, Mantine. So some fun stuff in here. Bastiodon's hanging out down there at number 12. Annihilate is kind of the big thing that's really shaking everything up. It's currently at 14. I would probably run an Annihilate team if I had to run something in Open mm. Great League because I think Annihilate is really fun. And you can play that big debate of what's better, Ice Punch or Night Slash. Dunebug would certainly say Night Slash is better. Most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, um... Boostbug. Boost bug. Uh, um, I think the only thing you really, really want your ice punch for is your Gligar. Because, like, how many other flyers... Like, ice punch you want for the flyers, right? But how many flyers are relevant in Great League at the moment? It's Gligar, Skarmory, and Talonflame. 
And Skarmory and Talonflame, Ice Punch is neutral against them anyway. Yep, so you might as well go Shadow Ball. So, yeah, or, or Night Slash if you need that lower energy move, like if you want to try and bait them. But um, uh, am I missing anything? Like what other flyers are relevant at the moment? I don't know, but they're underneath Man- Mandibuzz. Mandibuzz, of course. Yeah, so you want Ice Punch for Mandibuzz. Mm-hmm. I was going to say all the others are beneath Metacham on this list at number 21 in the PV Poke <laughs> rankings. Claude Zyre's at 27. Like that's where that's where Metacham's hanging out is in the 20s along with Shadow Bastiodon. It's been moved to the kids table. A little bit. I do really love though if you look at Open Great League, like what do you say is viable? What's your magic number for the PV Poke score? I usually say 82. Like, if you go all the way down to 82 in the Open Great League, you're going to be at number 225, 224. That's amazing, actually. Like, 83. 83 gets me to 187 with Cliff Fable. I have my experience with Great League for the longest time has been that it feels so rock paper scissors like i can't seem to avoid battles where we get down to the last pokemon i've got a like a two shield advantage and then they just have that pokemon that whoops can't do anything against it and i lose like that charger bug just keeps getting mashed up against the gligar or my gligar keeps getting mashed up against their dugong or something like that so it's quite a surprise to me that According to the numbers, it is such a wide open meta. Yeah. Like, that's why if I get to the end and I'm legend already, I want to run like a Hakamoo team in Open Great League. I want to run a <laughs> Surfetch team or, I don't know, something kind of interesting. A Dugong team, a Gastrodon team. Mm, yeah. Gudra. <laughs> something kind of silly. Something a little si- yeah, silly. Yeah, make it fun. X- uh, Whalmer. Whalmer. <laughs> Let's have a pick. Do you have the XLs for that? I do. Hey. Um, beats Talonflame. There's your Talonflame counter. <laughs> All right, so that's GBL. Let's move on. We have some events to talk about. It's our in-game event section. And coming up, uh, what is it, this weekend, DeFi? We have Enamorous entering Fish, into... It's- no today for you it is today for me yes that's right i I forget it's valentine's day because i'm incredibly lonely um (laughs) (laughs) um yeah yeah you're my date for (laughs) for valentine's day yeah so enamorous has just entered the game hang on let me let me look up what enamorous has got now because uh it is in the game we can confirm what the movesets are so enamorous has a moveset of Fairy Wind, basically Fairy Wind is the is the fast move you want. For charge moves, it's got Dazzling Gleam, Fly, and Grass Knot, which is a pretty cool set of moves. Fly and Grass Knot, both very high damage for energy moves. Dazzling, Dazzling Gleam is also very damaging as well, but it is a higher energy cost move. You do have the Fairy Wind, though, that will get you up to that pretty quickly. Eight Fairy Winds it will take to get to a Dazzling Gleam. In the Ultra League, Enamorous is ranked pretty low at 153, and it is recommending Fairy Wind Fly and Dazzling Gleam. In Master League, it's definitely higher. 
number 47. However, have you ever looked at, say, your Poker Genie readout? Do you use Poker Genie or Kalkiavi? I use Kalki. Kalki, yeah, same here. Um, have you ever looked at your Kalki readout at, like, two different Pokemon and seen, like, oh, this one's a rank 47 and this one's a rank 52, but then, like, the difference between them is... Like one says ninety eight percent, the other one says ninety six percent. So it's actually like quite a big difference, even though the rank is is uh, pretty similar. Yeah, I've seen something like that. Right. Uh, so what I'm getting <laughs> that very long run up uh, was to indicate that it seems to be the same for this, where it is ranked forty seven as opposed to the one fifty three for Ultra League, but the score here is eighty three point nine, as opposed to in Ultra League it's eighty one point eight. So. That tells me, the the information that appears to give me is that the Master League meta is smaller, there are less viable Pokemon, and of those, Enamorous is sitting pretty equally outside that core meta. Like, it's a, an equal distance on the fringe of those metas. Does that make sense? Yes. I would also argue Enamorous is a flying fairy. Fish... What is another flying fairy that you can use in the Master League or even in Great League or Ultra League? Well, I I would imagine you're talking about Togekiss. However, DeFi Enamorous is actually higher ranked in the Master League at the moment than Togekiss. Interesting. Yeah. Because I would, I would argue that Togekiss is still better in the Master League. It can do a lot because it has charm it can has a lot of that fast move pressure mm. and mm, i can see it though because fly is a really good move with enamorous and that grass knot as well like if you're you're up against a um uh kyoga it also actually does pretty well against excadrill with grass knot like it can almost almost beat excadrill in the two shields it definitely beats it in the zero shields as well Whereas Togekiss struggles a little more, like you have to land that flamethrower, and if they've got shields, then like uh, you're in trouble. Mm -hmm. You can also arguably compare Enamorous to something like Zacian, oh, yeah. which is another fairy. It's not as close of a comparison. However, you also have Xerneas, Sylveon. It's just there's a lot of really good fairy types in the mm. Master League, and it's just not... I, I don't think it's as arguable to go for Enamorous. However, I think Enamorous has a lot of potential because it has a signature move in the game. It's not oh. in PvP yet, but it does, like in Legends Arceus, it has a signature move called Springtide Storm is the name of its move. And depending on how that goes, if that ends up being really good... I think Enamorous could end up being really good. Yeah, that's a really good point. Because, you know, we don't know. Another example of that would be Geomancy. We had no idea what Geomancy would do because that was Xerneas's move. Yeah. But then when it got introduced, it made Xerneas better. <laughs> like it was a better move for Xerneas. It changed, it changed how you play it. It just, it changed things. So I think Springtide spring tide Storm, I would guess it would be a charged attack. If when it comes out, could be a fast move though. We don't know. I don't, like, I'm, I'm assuming it's going to be a charged attack. We'll see. We yeah. shall see. 
So I really, I don't, I'm taking a quick peek. GoHub released an article on incarnate enamorous. That's the other thing. We also have Therian enamorous. That's not out yet. I'm just taking a quick look through. GoHub released an article on incarnate enamorous. And that's even just looking at the title that tells you something because enamorous has a Therian form, just like its brothers. (laughs) We have thunderous and landorous all of those and with all three what is it? it's landorous thunderous and tornadus and yes. with all three the therian form is higher ranked than the incarnate form so that's worth noting yes so it's potential it has a lot of potential i do like this line in there in their write-up that says, personally, I wouldn't cancel any plans, cough on Valentine's Day, cough, (laughs) to go after Enamorous right now, because it will come back. Just like all Pokemon, all legendaries, will see it again. And when we see it again, it might have its signature move. It might be shiny. We might get the Therian. So this is, if you don't get a chance on Valentine's Day, if you're listening to this and like, ah, I missed it. That's okay. <laughs> it's you are just fine because you will have other opportunities in the future. So just like, you know, maybe you're not going to get enamorous this weekend. You might also not be in LA right now <laughs> doing the Sinotor in-person event in Los Angeles. That is also okay because we are gearing up to do the global event. There's going to be a week-long event coming up Monday, February 19th to Friday, February 23rd, all leading up to the global event where everyone gets Sinotor. Then there's a lot here. Half hatch egg distance. We love that. Remote raid pass limit is going to be increased. There will be no limit on remote raids for the weekend. That's cool. That's cool. And like you can get those little enhancers, like you could get a little road to center, road to center. There's a raid enhancer you can get. You can get an egg enhancer if you want to hatch you some Pachirisu. Uh, you can get the starters for that generation: Turtwick, Chimchar, Pimp, Piplup. Uh, I love that Munchlax is in two kilometer eggs. I love me some Munchlax, Riolu. There's just, it's a lot of fun. Sinnoh is a lot of fun. Appearing in five star raids on Monday, February 19th, there's going to be Darkrai. We're also going to get a special raid hour that day from six to seven. And on Tuesday, February 20th, we're going to get a Cresselia raid hour that day. Wednesday, we're going to get the Lake Spirit Trio, Uxima Spirit, and Azelf. So we're getting we're getting these little raids every single day, like little little special Sinnoh raids. Thursday is Heatran, and then the big one, the one you should care about, is Friday, February twenty third. We're gonna have Origin Form Giratina, Giratina, <laughs> the sneaky one. No, I am so it's not excited. Giratina. Oh, it's Giratino. Yeah, Giratino, because <laughs> it's Origin. Yes, um, Giratino, and. You should care about that if you want to play Master League or Ultra League. You should care about Giratina raids and the Giratina XL candy. The other big thing, there is going to be a timed research. 
be sure to do it because you can get Heatran, Giratina Origin, Cresselia, and Darkrai all at level 15. This is going to be the very first time that Giratina Origin is going to be available in Great League. That is a big, big, big deal. Also, if you're out there and you are having a hard time trading a Cresselia down to get to Great League, this one will be guaranteed. You can get a guaranteed Cresselia for Great League which is really awesome for a lot of people because it's a good Pokemon. Mm. Uh, it's do- giving a lot of play in the official circuit right now. I will also throw in there that uh, Giratina Origin, uh, decent for Master League at the moment. Like, it's it's ranked higher than Dialga as a yeah, dragon. That's, that's why you should rate it on Friday. You yeah. should rate it on Friday and get XL candies. I am very excited. I still haven't met my goal. I met one goal. Oh, yeah, I didn't even mention. I met a goal. I think I hey. put it in the... I put it in the the, the PvP server? achievements. Yeah, I put it in the Discord. But so we'll talk about that goal. But one of my goals for the season was massing, maxing out a Master League legendary, and I might go for Garatina. I might just go wild, okay. Buck Wild. All right, we'll see though, because I tried for that for Ho and it didn't go go very well for me. <laughs> but we shall see, because I do have a Garatina altered. It's a ninety eight percent lucky. The altered form, yeah. Which uh, yeah. which is ranked higher than the origin form at the moment, and that is like if you don't know, um, rating the origin form Giratina will get you uh, XL candy that can be used on either the origin or the altered form. So yeah, if you're like DeFi, you have an altered form that you want to max out, and you need the XLs for it. You can raid this origin form and get those XLs. Yeah, it's a ninety-eight percent lucky shiny. That's pretty boss. <laughs> And it's not even like a bad 98. It's the 15, 14, 15. Like, that's fine. Mm. You can build that yeah. one. Yeah. It's the 14, 15, 15. That's kind of iffy yeah. if you want to put resources into it. But this one's fine. It's fine. It's fine. It's best buddy is great. So I, I want to max that out. So we'll see. If anything, I'm just going to get a bunch of XL candy for it because we haven't seen Giratina in raids in a long time. So that is the in-game event section. Should we move on to some grassroots? I would love to move on to some grassroots. We have the battle frontier, and this would be a good time to talk about that fast move glitch that was plaguing us for a couple days. It was very concerning. Uh, We had a bit of a scare right before the Dortmund Regional. A bunch of people had their apps updated, and in the update, people were losing entire fast moves of damage, Mm. which you might not notice if you're playing a Dragonair, if you're playing even a Swampert. However, if you're playing a Talonflame, you'll notice if an Incinerate goes missing and that damage just disappears. Yeah. So that was very scary. People were scrambling and like thinking, do I have to change my team? What is going on? However, Niantic was able to fix it and it was a very strange turning of events where they sudden they fixed it for Europe, like they fixed it in Europe, but the American players and other players in the world still had the glitch. <laughs> but they fixed it in Europe for Dortmund first, and then everybody's got fixed. Yeah, I was. This also happened like just before we were meant to finally kick off our uh, Sovereign Cup in the Palatown Discord server and the Ultra League draft as well. They were both meant to start at the same time. This kind of kicked in and we're talking like the some of the some of the tournament stuff we're talking about like how to handle this and Lyle Jess was in there and he goes dude they have to fix it Dortmund's coming up and I'm like 
do they though? <laughs> like they might, but like how can you be how can you be sure in any way <laughs> that this will happen? And uh sure sure enough, it, it like we were kind of both right. They did fix it for the Europeans, but everyone else was like secondary. We had to wait a little bit. Yeah. And they fixed it for the Europeans just in time. So yeah. a lot of people had already locked in their teams and it was kind of iffy online. Like, is it actually fixed? Is it not actually fixed? So a lot of people changed their team based on this information. Like they took Talonflame off mm-hmm. or charge a bug. These Pokemon with these long fast moves opted for one and two fast move Pokemon. So it did impact, I think, Dortmund a little bit, which is frustrating. It also impacted the battle frontier. Because we ended up having to extend. So the Battle Frontiers week is just taking two weeks instead. So people were able to do their battles later. Because people ended up losing like two or three days Mm. of being able to do their battles. Which I'm really glad the Battle Frontier people said, that's not really fair. A lot of people battle on Thursday and Friday. So we're just going to push the deadline off for a week. I had a phenomenal week in Battle Frontier. I was really nervous. I don't know if you remember last week, but I was super nervous for my battle against Dre Flames. We are up against SoCal Swablu Gold, which is kind of their big team or their like first team. I don't know how you would call it, like their anchor team, the one that's been around the longest. The A team. Yeah. And I swept <laughs> Dre Flames 3-0. Hey, let's go. Very, like they were phenomenal battles. He ran a Poison Sting quillfish hisuian quillfish or he ran a poison jab one i ran a poison sting one and that threw Mm -hmm. him off i think a little bit okay because for me in the primordial meta i value the spamminess of hisuian quillfish over the damage that poison jab does fair enough so especially looking because we don't have to lock in our moves we can see what our opponent is running and then change our moves so based on his specific team lineup i thought poison sting was a better choice and that definitely got me one of the matches and i just have a phenomenal team i was scrimming a ton (laughs) that was the most i've scrimmed for a long time just hours of like okay who has dre flames's team let me fight it (laughs) let me practice and looks like it paid off it paid off, so it was really good. And I'm just really proud. Our team, again, we came so close to upsetting the Cool Cats. This week, it's not over. We still have some battles left to play, but we are take we are making the SoCal Swablu Gold sweat a little bit, which is something I'm pretty proud of. Like, we're taking it to the t- two of the arguably best teams in our pool, and we're making them kind of uncomfortable with how close we're getting. So I think that's that's really good considering our team hasn't played together in a long time since self-factions. Yeah. Yeah, well done. I hope you keep on getting those successes in your team and good luck to you for future rounds and good luck to you for the end of this round as well. Hopefully you can get the points that you need. Uh, for um, how us, did the Dark... Yeah, yeah I was going to say, how did the Dark Knight do? Uh, so we... I don't actually know because <laughs> um, uh, our captain was like, please nobody battle until this is like resolved. So like we uh, have only just started getting back into like rearranging our battles. I think mine is coming up Friday night, US time. So 
like I won't have an update for you until next week. All right. Well, best of luck to Team The Dark Knight. And one thing I do want to really shout out here and take time to do is if you are interested in what we are talking about for the battle frontier, we don't have a ton of time to dive into everything, all the different pools, how everyone is doing. There's four different regions. Uh, There's also APAC. There is uh, LATAM. There is EU. You should really take a look at the Battle Frontier podcast, the official podcast, which is Enter the Dragonair's Den. They do a phenomenal job really diving deep, and they're actually looking to expand the podcast beyond just the two current main hosts because they want to give more of a spotlight to the other regions around the world. So if you're interested and you love Battle Frontier, be sure to check them out. And they've been promoting how to join their team. Uh, No podcasting experience is required. I didn't have any podcasting experience when I started doing this. And I think we do okay for ourselves. <laughs> so Yeah, we do all right. We do all right. So no no experience required. If that's something you're interested in, you could definitely hit up myself or you can hit up Fish. We can get you connected to the right people. So that means it's time for our play Pokemon section. Defi, we had Dortmund happening on the weekend, as we mentioned earlier, and there were 104 players that played the overall winner is Arceus Aurelius, who is someone who had been doing a few scrims in the Palatown Discord server, so I like to claim his win totally. <laughs> no, um, uh, Arceus is a streamer, a uh, pretty established battler, beat Colin69, who is a previous winner, I believe, of uh, European regional as well. So a pretty hype final and it did go to a bracket reset as well Arceus Aurelius beat Colin 3-2 in the final and then in the bracket reset 1-3-1 yes so he's had a really good season if you take a look um so he also complete competed in Gdansk took seventh place he completed in Lille in October, um, did not do as well there, but had that recent seventh place finish, had finished 17th in Liverpool. So has had actually some pretty strong back-to-back performances and yeah, really took it away this time. I am so glad because of the time change, I didn't wake up at like whatever it was three in the morning to watch (laughs) all the battles, but I'm really glad I watched the grand finals because it was Stellar. It was a bracket reset. We love a bracket reset where Arceus Aurelius took 3-2 and then beat Colin 3-1 in the reset. That was phenomenal. And it was just, it was again, we keep saying all these tournaments are stacked. For a European tournament, this was very, very good. Zij Wireless was in there. We mentioned Colin. Tonton Batus was in there as well. Tragic Comics did quite well. And I'm actually really interested in Tom, Tom Pazusa's team, which we'll get to in a second. Uh, do you want to tell me about Arceus Aurelius's team first? Yeah, would love to. So actually, the top two teams have both Talonflame and Abomasnow, which is very fun and different. We love that. So in addition to Talonflame and Abomasnow, we had Azumarill, Cresselia, Whiskash, and Registeel, where Colin's team also had the Talonflame and the Abomasnow and the Whiskash and the Azumarill. 
also had a lick-a-tongue on the other side, as well as that annihilate. Um, Arceus Aurelius, I think, had the only team without annihilate in the top eight. And running essentially double grass as well, which I think, like, grass is so important in this meta because, like, so many people are running Whiskash and a lot of teams are going double water as well, which Arceus Aurelius has done. And so did Colin69. They've both got the Whiskash and the Azumarill as well. It's just so easy to be uh, double weak to grass on your team somewhere. Uh, the the only trouble with grass is that most of them do pretty badly against the flyers. So like trying to bring a Venusaur into a, a Skarmory fight is not going to go well for you. However, Snow is that one grass type Pokemon that can hit the flyers very, very hard. Uh, Talonflame is an exception. But then you've got other Pokemon that can beat the Talonflame like the Azumarill and the Redisteel and the Whiskash. And then also doubling up on the grass damage with Cresselia, running that grass knot. And Cresselia will, you know, force a Whiskash to shield every single time. Like, I think, I'm pretty sure the grass knot will one-shot it from full health. So, especially the shadow, anyway. So, I really like that double grass and double water strategy. I was just, it was a very emotional series um, when Arceus Aurelius won. Just the pop-off was so good. Okay. It was so good. And it was also very fun. There were a lot of jokes in the chat. They were both wearing flannel. Um, <laughs> Colin and Arius Aurelius. Some people were like, okay, so wear flannel, make grand finals. <laughs> Got, Got it. it. <laughs> Got it. Taking it notes. Taking notes. Yeah, so, and just to backtrack to Tonton's team, check this out. Guzzlord, Cresselia, Shadow Zapdos, Whiskash, Annihilate, and Shadow Alolan Sandslash. What do you make of that? Well, it seems like Tauntaun may be taking a cue from Evan, who had that Shadow Zapdos. Also, mm. Guzzlord. I love Guzzlord. I want more trainers to run Guzzlord. It is such a fun Pokemon. Its scream is silly. <laughs> it's such a silly, silly dragon. And it just it looks so off compared to all other Pokemon in there. So th th those are super fun picks, and I was just really happy to see that he made top cut, even though it came in from the loser's bracket and didn't make it as far. He tied, I think he took eighth place, so kind of right at the end. Was able to have a really good run with a a very off-meta team, and mm -hmm. I appreciate that because Tauntaun Batus is also the one who brought Sea King mm -hmm. and did so well with the Sea King. I don't, I don't know which is sillier to you, a Sea King or the Shadow Zapdos Guzzlord combo. Um, I'll say the Sea King is a little bit sillier because, like, uh, I've always known Sea King has chops. Uh, it's just a little bit difficult because, like, there's so many things that resist and double resist that poison jab and like a drill run. Uh, you you might need two or sometimes even three to KO a certain Pokemon. So, like, it can be very difficult to use. I think that's a bolder choice. But to be honest, even bolder than that, I think, is the Shadow Alolan Sandslash because, like, Shadow Alolan Sandslash was something I really wanted to run in Melbourne, but I just did not feel like I could knowing that practically everyone was going to have Whiskash on their team and also Annihilate slash 
Vigoroth. And you can see like how many trainers here in this Dortmund regional have brought Annihilate and made day two as well. So like uh, both of those Pokemon just beat the pants off of the uh off, off of the Alolan Sandslash. So if you get it locked in against one of those two, then you're in for a world of hurt. So I actually think the Alolan Sandslash is the bigger wow moment for me. I'm looking. Uh, Tauntaun actually brought Shadow Zapdos to Liverpool this year, but he took 65th place. Oh. So it did not work out as well for him. Brought it with an Arctobax, which I still think Arctobax is kind of a fun choice. He's been running yeah. Arctobax since Gdansk, where he brought the Seeking. It was Seeking <laughs> and Arctobax. So that is very fun. I just I just like Tauntaun's team building. Like I yeah. feel like it's a little off the rails and I'm here for it. I'm Yeah, here for I it. I'm jealous. I I would love to be that good at team building. So very very fun. Congratulations to all of our European battlers, but especially Arceus Aurelius and I know a lot of battlers are incredibly happy that we had Mr. Chef we had the, the chef himself <laughs> nighttime clasher did not do as well this time uh, people it's kind of a meme it's kind of a joke that people are not so happy with the American invasion of <laughs> European regionals but that's fun I feel like like people have been kind of hyping it up so maybe we'll get a bunch of Europeans at uh, a US or a North American regional and we have lots of those coming up as long as it stays jovial, I can completely imagine it happening where it starts off as this fun meme and then people slowly forget why why this joke is there and it becomes real over time and like it becomes a genuine animosity. So like I hope that anyone who engages in this joke, please just keep in mind that it is fun. We're <laughs> joking around about We are joking a, around. A Gen Zer in a chef's hat. <laughs> yes. Like that's that's what this joke is about, and it's and as it's long a as he's fun... okay with it, I'm sure. I oh yeah, he is. he is he is a meme lord. He is mm. that's what he is. But to be fair, you know, our American nighttime clasher had a very like solid run considering how massive the tournament was. Mm -hmm. uh, played. He was looks like he was in Group B in the bracket. Lost to Zijwilas. Totally understandable. And then. Ended up losing to Lurgan Rocket, who is also a very talented mm. battler. The first ever regional winner. Yes. So that's fair enough. So I guess he wasn't, uh, whatever he was cooking this time didn't quite work <laughs> out for him. Needed more salt. <laughs> maybe a little more salt. So a little more seasoning. <laughs> I'm hoping, though, maybe it'll be fun. We can see some Europeans make the trip overseas to some of the tournaments we have over here. First off, though, we do have an upcoming event. Nothing this weekend and nothing the weekend after that. We're going to have no Play Pokemon section, no official tournament section for the next couple of weeks until we have Utrecht, which is a special event in March. Last I checked, it was at 205. I expect that is going to sell out. Special events, remember, are different. You don't have the prize money. You're really only competing for the championship points. But it's free to enter. So we tend to see a big turnout for those special events, which is cool and makes for some really fun battles. Then we have Vancouver, March 22nd to 24th. 
I the last I saw is right when it opened and it was 17. Battlers, <laughs> I want to see us get it to at least 60. We can do 60. I know we can. I know we can do 60. <laughs> so I am hoping that we can at least get that far. Maybe it'll be some last minute signups, kind of like what we saw in Knoxville, which ended up being a very large tournament. Then we have another break. So between Utrecht and Vancouver, we have a couple weeks and then we have a short break and then it's EUIC in London. We know when that registration is going to open February 22nd and 23rd. That is going to be so, so important that you are on socials and paying attention to when that registration goes live because they tend to sell out pretty fast. A lot of people are going to be interested in this tournament. I imagine the cap is going to be 256 and I think we're going to hit it pretty quick. So be sure you are paying attention, kind of make your plans now. Then we'll, we're off to Orlando, April 12th to the 14th. That registration, as you are listening, should be open. It opened on Valentine's Day, February 14th. And then Perth is also that same weekend, April 13th and 14th. Same thing, registration open on Valentine's Day. So registration should be open for our Aussie friends. All right. We're almost an hour into this podcast. I think... It's time to open the mailbag. What do you say? Sounds good to me. And if I dig in there, we have something from January 26th. Dottish 22. Dottish 22 writes. Hello, Fish and DeFi. Dottish 22 here. Today I had something happen during a Great League match that I've never experienced. And immediately after it happened, I knew I had to tell you guys about it. I'll set the stage. Me and another trainer were approaching the end of a neck-and-neck neck battle, each down to our last Pokemon, my Umbreon and their Galarian Stunfisk. But they had slightly more HP, but I had one shield left. I would have easily had this matchup, but the match countdown timer was dwindling below 10 seconds. We each raced to our charge move, and with exactly two seconds left on the timer, they win the tie. At this point, I say to myself, no way am I going to lose this match. This way, because they have more HP than me, I shield just for the heck of it. Immediately after shielding, I'm shocked as my charge move animation for foul play starts. I promptly hit all my bubbles and win the match by KO. Was I allowed to throw the after the timer ended because it was a tie? Have either of you heard of or experienced this scenario for yourself? Also, Fish, I'm happy to report a similar team comp to you is working very well for me. I'm running a Whiskash Charger Bug core, but my safe swap is our joint favorite Pokemon, Umbreon, opposed to your Jellicent. It is working very well for me right now. Currently over 2300 with it as I'm trying to push Veteran. Cheers, guys. Keep up the great work from Dan. Dan, thank you so much for writing in. And yes... Because you had the charge attack priority tie, you were able to throw that last move. If you had not gotten the tie, if it had not been a tie and you hadn't thrown it the exact time, same time, that wouldn't have occurred. Would you agree, Fish? Yeah, because essentially like in, in the timeline of a battle, a charge attack costs one turn of time. It takes one turn of time. And so essentially in like the timeline of that battle those charge attacks are both being thrown in the space of half a second even though you know in our time it's taking like 20 seconds for both of those moves to complete 
like in the game in the battle it's only half a second so yeah it allows you to get both of them off and i'm glad that it happened because it allowed you to get that win yep so two seconds left on the timer and then the attack ties so those two seconds did dwindle down during like yeah that's true i guess that kind of invalidates what i said doesn't it but it's uh it also it still makes sense for me just looking at it from that perspective yeah so again what happened two seconds left on the timer the charge attack priority tie occurs and since you tied both moves are allowed to complete both charge moves are allowed to occur but the timer has run out lucky you still shielded (laughs) i'm trying to think of a sports analogy i don't know if it's the same thing but i know like in formula one as long as you can like as long as you're on your lap you still get to complete your lap Mm -hmm. even if the timer runs out like if you're doing like a qualifying lap in the nfl if uh if the time runs out if you've snapped the ball you can complete that play as as well so like you that's a much less confusing example (laughs) and probably more relevant to people because i'm one of the only people i know that likes formula one (laughs) i would like to like formula one there's so like there's so much in australia for formula one like you have a race there you have Mm -hmm. daniel ricardo who is also like an italian australian (laughs) Yes, and all of us Italian Australians know each other. So, <laughs> well, I'd imagine you'd be like, "That's that's kind of cool." Like, that's not, there's not a lot of. He's the only Italian Australian I know in Formula One. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I didn't realize he's still going. He's got to be like, yeah, forty five now, right? No, let's look him <laughs> up. Daniel Ricardo, Australian motorsports racing driver, is thirty four. Born in Perth. There you go. I, I, de- I thought he was, yeah, so much older now. I thought he was definitely retired. Nope. So he's no, still on this season. Who's he racing for now? Well, he was on Red Bull's team, but I'm trying mm. to remember because they switched it up um, recently. And I haven't, like, it's the off season, so I like I haven't caught up on all of the silly season. The big thing was... Lewis Hamilton moved to Ferrari, and that's kind of what everybody's talking about right now. Okay, yeah, he was with that's, McLaren. Um, Lewis Hamilton raced for Mercedes. Mercedes. Okay. Well, I mean, I'm I'm impressing myself right now with that. You even know any to, of the teams? Yeah. <laughs> um, M- McLaren is a team in the Formula One, right? Yes. They yeah. Are, there you go. They are the orange team. Was it Ricardo or Weber where there was like a a bit of a, a battle for who was number one in the team. I am not sure. Oh, okay. Maybe it might have been Weber. Like I think, like he was meant to be the number two on the team, but then he like uh, started winning races, like like uh, at the expense of his teammate. Oh, or something like that. So I forgot. So Ricardo's on the crazy team. So there's a team, and I want I want you to know that this is a real name. This team's name is real. Visa Cash App RB Formula One team. Oh dear, that's that, the name. It's that is V-carb. When Sponsorship goes too far. Yep, it's V Carb, V C A R B. Sure, V Carb. Um, it's an Italian racing team. It's run by. It's one of so there's Red Bull, 
Racing, and then this is another team that is owned by Red Bull Racing. Mm-hmm. It was formerly Scudiera Alfatari. Mm-hmm. So formerly known as Alfatari, <laughs> and is now Visa Cash App RB Formula One team. Wow. <laughs> yep, and he re- his teammate is Yuki Sonoda, um, which is not my my husband's favorite driver, but just kind of a a fun driver to follow is Yuki. Oh, so your husband's just as much into Formula One. He's the one who got me into it. Oh, okay, cool. Because he sat me down and made me watch Drive to Survive, which is like Netflix quote unquote documentary of Formula One. And it's way dramatized. Like (laughs) just like all American anything, they like crank up the drama and make some (laughs) things, some problems that aren't really there. And it's nuts. But I'm very excited for this upcoming season. And this whole end of season is really silly. I'm really excited for the next season. But yeah. Visa Cat, to answer your question, where is Daniel Ricardo driving? He is driving for Visa Cash App RB. Now we're going to do a a crazy hairpin turn back into the PVP stuff. (laughs) So thank you, Doddish22, for that really cool story. I loved hearing that. So the next question is from Kettlebell Kyle, who sent this in on the 28th of January. Kettlebell Kyle says, Hey, Fish and DeFi, Kettlebell Kyle here. Long-time listener, first time writing in. My question is for Fish. So my wife loves this Australian sitcom called Kath and Kim. She watches it almost daily. Have you ever heard of it? If so, do you watch it? Is the show popular in Australia? Thanks for everything you both do. Sorry for the long email. I made the leads dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Have you heard of this show, DeFi? I've never heard of Kath and Kim. How about you? It was like a phenomenon in Australia in like, I think the early 2000s or something like that. It is hard to explain. It's like two... Two women, a mother and a daughter, um, living in like a a very typical Australian suburban area, and they're just they they talk in these very very overemphasized Australian accents. Like the, I I can't explain exactly how this uh, how this sitcom goes. So what I've actually done is I pulled a clip off of youtube just to give you a just a sense of how this sitcom goes this is like one of the more famous scenes i guess i mean it's dangerous i could fall and break my neck i mean it's too late for tomorrow now what am i gonna do cheryl maybe you could grate the bottom with a cheese grater that'd give you a bit of traction i'm not gonna do that to my best shoes what am i gonna do i mean i'm gonna kill myself just walking down the aisle here's your statue mom Kim's walking in. What the love of God is that? It's a statue you wanted. Well, no, it's not, Kim. Yes, it is. It's a statue of little baby Jesus. Little baby Jesus? Oh, little baby Jesus, Kim Jesus. Oh, Jesus. I spent hours assembling that. What about my shoes, Kim? You're hopeless. I am not hopeless. My shoes, the statue, what else can go wrong? So that's Kath and Kim. Um, she's so walking in with this. Was there a statue of cheese? Cheese, yeah. It was little, you know, those ones that are like coated in the red wax. And so she's got this like yeah. uh, weird concoction of just like uh, cheeses all stuck together with toothpicks. Um, 
And that was a cultural touchstone in Australia 20 years ago. <laughs> Phenomenal. Yeah, yeah. That was the kind of thing that, that we just loved. Um, it. I don't think they make it anymore. There was an American version of the show that was made at some point. And I did see an article one time including that show on the list of all-time worst remakes on television. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> like, the whole point of the show is, like, uh, sending up Australian culture. So I'm not sure it really translates if you make the characters American and try and do the same thing with American culture. But, yes, I have heard of the show to answer the question, and I'm... Uh, I'm I'm astounded that <laughs> that someone outside of Australia has found it and is enjoying it as much as we did back in the day. All right, thank you so much for writing in. And our last piece of mail for today came in on the 29th of January, and it's from Sarah Lore. Hey there, all. I have a question in relation to PvP. Thought it might be good to open to others. It's about naming and tagging. How do PvPers name their Pokemon? What system, tricks, and tips do you use? Do you have numbers, moves, PvP rank? And to follow up, how do you, if you do, tag your Pokemon? I think this could also apply to wider Pokemon storage, but I thought PvPers might have an interesting take on it. Well, Sarah Lore, I'm behind on tagging. However, okay. let me go ahead and open up my current tags, and I can let you know how I tag my Pokemon. So I have a tag for a Pokemon I'm working on Best Buddy with. All of my current Mega Pokemon have a tag. I have some for trading, several trading-related tags. I have a tag for my 208 fully built Great League PvP Pokemon. My, sadly, 28 Little Cup Pokemon. <laughs> um, I don't like it. I have 37 Ultra League Pokemon in a tag. I have three different Master League tags. Ones that are ready. Ones that I could build right now. Like, it's not ready. But I could make it, like my Mama Swine. I have all the XL candy I need, and I have the Stardust. It has three moves. I just need to take it from 40 to 50. Mm -hmm. So I have a tag for those Pokemon. And then I have a tag for, these are Pokemon I would love to build in Master League, but I don't have nearly enough XL candy. Like my um, my Verizian, not um, Viserian. I named it Viserian. It's my Kyrem. Um, after Game of Thrones dragon, the Syrian. Yeah. And like, I have 144 Kyrem XL candy. When on earth am I going to get the rest of that? <laughs> I don't know. But I have a tag because I would love to build it someday. Same with my Groudon. I have 87 Groudon XL candy. When is that ever going to happen? And so I have I? that. I'm not done. I'm not no, done. Oh, oh, sorry. sorry. Fish, I have not finished. <laughs> I have a tag for all the Pokemon I've taken to level 50. There are 23 of them. I have a Nundo tag. What I want to make is a living shiny Dex tag where I can just sort it by number and see every Pokemon in the Pokedex with a shiny. That's something I'm working on. And then I have several tags that are teams that I use in Show 6 Pick 3. So right now, all of my primordial Pokemon that I'm using mm -hmm, have a tag. Mm -hmm. So when I go up to my match, like I was playing Dre Flames, I can type in Primordial into my search and I can find all those Pokemon. I also have the two teams that I ran at NAIC both years, 2022 and 2023. Um, some old Sylph teams tagged. 
So let's, without going into naming yet, how do you tag your Pokemon fish? Or do you engage with that function? Uh, yeah, so for tags, absolutely. I was just going to mention also that um, a good call on uh, asking PVPers specifically, because like I know that asking about naming and tagging systems is about as diverse a question as you know what's your play style how do you play pokemon go in general so like a uh, very good question so for tagging i have um same with same as you i've got a tag for each league great league ultra league master league and little cup and i've got tags for uh, individual tournaments that i'm participating in so i've got one for the play Pokemon tournaments. I've got one for the Sovereign Cup. I've got one for the Ultra League Draft that we're doing. And I've also got one for Battle Frontier. I've got one for Pokemon. So I've got one that's just called Keep. And that is when I'm doing a storage clean out. I put exclamation mark Keep in the search box. So it will filter out anything that I've already sorted through and decided I'm going to keep it in my storage for now and only give me the ones that I haven't sorted through, which makes it a lot easier to, uh, to, you know, look at the right Pokemon when I'm deciding what to, to keep and get rid of from there. Uh, what else do I have? And I guess stuff to evolve as well for like when I've got evolving research tasks or, or something like that. Um, I've got like shinies in there. The first shiny that I catch of any particular species, I will uh, keep and mark to evolve when I get one of those tasks. Any kind of surplus of any species that I get, I will just delete because <laughs> um, I, I just want to, you know, mark it off in my Pokedex and and then I'm happy. <laughs> I don't I don't need one of every every stage like I know a lot of people do. I think that's it for me for tagging. All right. So when it comes to naming a Pokemon, so for my Master League Pokemon is kind of the exception. So I'm going to start there. I name it 100 and then I give it a fun nickname. Or if it's a Pokemon that I am going to best buddy, it gets, you know, either it's a Hundo or it's a 98 and I give it a fun nickname. Yeah. Or sometimes I won't even put like if it's a Hundo or a 98, sometimes it just gets its fun nickname because it has earned it by being my best buddy. <laughs> Or by getting to level 50. So let me see if I can find, like, I have that Verizian, for example, in Master League. Chubby Bunny is my Diggersby that's best buddied. So some some of them just have fun, silly nicknames. Daffodil is my Florgis. Jasmine is my Metacham. Lick that's Jagger, cute. obviously. Chanel is my Spritzy. <laughs> Merlin is my Noctowl, Hundo. And then obviously Misty is my Zacian, Hundo. Southpaw is my Hundo. No, it is the Pomo. Ah. Everything else. So everything else for Ultra League and Great League is named either GL or UL to signify that it's mm -hmm. a Great League or an Ultra League Pokemon. And then I name it with its percentage of stat product like calci iv shows the pokemon as usually like 90 to 100 percent 100 percent is like this is your rank one perfect iv 
Mm-hmm. So instead of naming it the rank of the Pokemon, I name it by the percentage. Yep. So how do you name yours, Fish? So for me, I pretty pretty much all of my Pokemon will have their rank followed by their IVs. So the attack, defense, and HP IVs individually. I will also have symbols or letters to further specify them. For example, a U if it's marked out as an Ultra League Pokemon or an M if it's good for Master League. I actually won't put a letter if it's Great League because that's just an assumption. Like, that's the default. (laughs) Um, And then, like, L for Little Cup as well. I'll put a star next to it if it's, like, if that's marked out as a Pokemon whose second stage is the is the Pokemon that uh, that I'm after, so like if if this will make a a rank two Zwilus, I'll have two and then a star. Or if it's the like if it's a three stage Pokemon and it's the bottom stage, the basic form of that Pokemon, then I'll put two stars. For example, like I've got Pokemon marked out that are very high ranked Rhyhorn <laughs> for Great League. Um, if if I ever need that, then I've I've got those there with the the two stars next to it to show me okay this is specifically for Rhyhorn or like Magnemite Geodude that kind of thing. I'll also have a dollar sign if it's marked out as a good Pokemon for PvP in Mega form. Ooh, yeah, <laughs> um, that's very specific. Yeah, very much. I I put it out on Twitter once. I think the most ridiculous thing that I have kept in my storage is a i think i actually might have mentioned it on the podcast as well it's a rank one manetric as a mega in little cup huh (laughs) which will never ever be useful but maybe it just might might never be legal like (laughs) yeah that's the other thing yeah like you can't bring megas into like go battle not currently <laughs> not I mean, you can bring them in like friend battles so yep. like in grassroots formats and stuff but that yeah, we might run a grassroots little cup uh, tournament it would faint to like one mud shot <laughs> but if you can get that wild charge off whoo boy so that's just silly i think that's it yeah, I don't I don't think I have any other naming conventions in particular. I do have some Pokemon that are marked out for raids that I will um I'll I'll put some stat on them, but to be honest, I haven't engaged with my raid Pokemon for so long <laughs> that I've forgotten completely how I name them. So thank you, Sarah Law. Really interesting question. At least I hope that our answers were interesting. <laughs> um, uh and that will lead us to our achievements we have a number of people to congratulate for their achievements over the past week in the pallet town and gocast discord servers in pallet town we have tb12 pats rule and maxitron 2010 who both hit level 50 s regachuelo and magikarp both hit veteran Timurap hit legend for the first time ever. Well done. Jai loves Latinas got top four in the APAC champions tournament. We haven't even talked about this. This is a grassroots um, competition that uh, has sprung up very recently. That is, yeah, as the name suggests, the Asia Pacific championships, like that each country within the Asia Pacific, including Australia, is sending through like their best 
qualifiers to to like the final. And yeah, Jalav Latinas was one of the four that made it through. So pretty solid achievement there. Teaspoon finished their timed research and talked about how they did it last season, but this season they did it 18 days earlier and with 200 more ELO, which is a good shout. Hawkozy just hit 10 million Stardust earned all time through GBL. And Dad talked about a 9-1 that they got during the day and were like, well, I am done for the day and just uh, took their winnings, stepped away from the table. And that is kind of there. That's a smart way to play sometimes. <laughs> like with my sets, I kind of wish I had a 4-1 and I kind of wish I would have stopped. You're right. Uh, big congrats to Timurap. I actually played them last night. So oh, they right. must have In GBO. just, yeah, um, they beat me. so congratulations uh hopefully i was a little bit of a stepping stone on your way to that first time legend push uh another big achievement defie (laughs) who's that as well as arkham finished the timed research so that was one of my season-long goals was to do the 500 wins and again it's not like my win-lose record is bad i just don't necessarily play all my sets every day Mm, yeah so i don't always get there but this is much earlier than i got it last time last time it was like the last couple battles of the season like i was playing in the very last week like two days i think i had less i think i had about a day to spare to get that goal it was basically like in the nba you're shot after the buzzer yes it was down to the wire um but I did get time. it last season, and I got it this season with some time. Yeah. Uh, now I just need to work on my other two goals, which I've got to figure out a legendary Pokemon I can build. I don't know what that's going to be because I can't build any legendary Pokemon right now. I could go really hard for Giratina Altered. I could go buck wild for it. Or I'm thinking Dialga or Palkia during Sinotaur Global. I might have more opportunities for Dialga and Palkia. We shall see. I'll probably raid both because I just I want a hundo. Yeah, I have of the origin form. I don't like. I'm really happy with my 98 altered form, but I want a hundo origin form. Yeah, totally. So, and legend, I'm so close. Like we <laughs> talked about at the beginning. Like I've I've been in the 2900s now for two days, and I just need to get that last little bit of a jump. I just can't run into any more Matangs. <laughs> Everyone put the me. Matang down. Put the Matangs and the Chanseys. Just like, it's not fun. I haven't come across too many Chansey. I have, uh, I, unfortunately, I've lost to both of them that I've, I've, I've come across two. I've lost to both of them, but like, I've put in a, a solid effort. <laughs> uh, I've, I've beaten a fair few. Yeah, with Vigoroth. Yeah. As long as like I can align the Vigoroth on the Chansey, yeah. I usually can beat the team. 100%. However, if I can't do that, because even a Psychic coming from a Chansey <laughs> is not fun for Hakamoo. No. Uh, the Steel Wing on Togekiss is actually pretty nice because you get you can actually chunk a Chansey pretty well with that fast move damage. Okay. Which is quite nice, even though it's That's neutral. It does a lot more because most Togekiss that I've seen have been running, or Togetic, I'm sorry. Togetic's running, mine is running the legacy move of Steel Wing is the fast move. However, most Togetic that I'm seeing are running Fairy Wind, which does like zero fast move damage to anything. 
Yeah. So that fast move pressure is really, really nice against Chansey. Dayfi, do you have anything to plug? Um, I'm still getting my life together to <laughs> wrap up the December fundraiser and do my final little tie the bow on it for that. Um, and I'm thinking because I'm I'm not going to play catch cup. Like that's just not going to happen. So maybe I could do some like alternate content. Uh, there's a couple video games I just kind of want to play that aren't Pokemon related. So I might do a little bit of that during catch cup, mm-hmm. little and catch cup great league. And we'll see where I'm at with a legend push into February, but I'd like to get back into that routine of streaming uh, this weekend could be it. We will see what's going to happen this weekend. If that's the prime opportunity for me to fire up my computer and get, get back on the back on the horse. That is great to hear so with that we love hearing from you if you have any questions or suggestions for myself or DeFi, you can direct your feedback to pvp corner at gocastpodcast.com you can also send us a voicemail or physical mail to the gocast po box take a look at the show description for the phone number and the po box address in the show description you can also click on more fish or more DeFi to take you to our other projects and ways to contact us and also don't forget to have a listen to the other two shows in this podcast feed the main GoCast podcast to get news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go, and the newest addition to the family, Starpiece, where Chris and Lachlan interviewed Ian Waterfall in the most recent episode. And we will see you next week. Bye! Bye!